Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Now, getting your rent money really don't mean much now, huh? Mm-mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. Because he's charged with eight counts of attempted murder. Well, who going to get the house now? <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. Well, yesterday, we had our girl, minister, sister, Gertie Gordon on. And it was Tress Talk with Gertie. And we talked about some tips for a healthier scalp. Yes, she's, uh, our Gertie says, uh, most times people concentrate on the actual hair and forget the scalp. Mm. Well, one of the common issues, well, some of the common issues, I should say, of um, a scalp that needs a little extra attention is itchiness, dandruff, dryness, oiliness, and breakouts. Well, one of the things that our Sister Gertie concentrated on was the massage. Yes, she says that that massaging of your scalp leads to, like, circulation and... Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. She put me to sleep just by talking about the hair massage. Yes. And here's another thing she said. She said when you massage, you can actually massage whether you have braids in your hair or if your hair is loose. Yeah. And she says don't use the pointers because you end up applying too much pressure most times. Okay. Well, go back and listen because she's had, I mean, she had some great tips for your hair. We also got to talking about the fact that you strengthen your scalp and your hair from the inside out. And water, water, water is what you need. Yes, and we talked about the benefits of water. We also talked about the fact that people... Adult people complain that they don't like water. Now, I'm going to say it again. We're a little too old for that. Yes, we're a little too old for that. Understand the benefits of water and how it's going to increase our life and benefit us so greatly. And I ended up pulling out a list of foods that really have high water content and help put a little more water into your body. Now, this does not substitute actual drinking water, but it does help you out a bit. Some of those items would be watermelon, that's also um, honeydew and cantaloupe, strawberries, pineapples, peaches, and oranges. Now, you're going to have to go back and listen to Get the rest of the list. I also talk about how to preserve these fresh fruits and vegetables a little longer so that you don't lose the money because it's going bad if you don't eat them fast enough. So mm, it was a banging Thursday. It really was. It really was. And our girl Gertie did her thing as always. So go back and listen to Thursday and Wednesday, okay? All righty. 
Well, today is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do and talk to the men is pretty much what we do, okay? So, you know, we're going to have a nice little morning. I got some good introductory, you know, conversation for you. You know how I like to do on Fridays. It's something that you might be interested in. And if not, I'm sure by the end of our two-hour span, you will hear something that does interest you, okay? Well, I advise you to listen up because we were short two days this week, so we are definitely making it up Wednesday, Thursday, and today, okay? All right. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right Hi, I'm Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. In 1999, Senator Harry Reid, who lost his father to suicide, introduced a resolution to the United States Senate leading to the creation of International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. Also known as Survivor Day, the day was designated by the United States Congress as a day on which those affected by suicide can join together for healing and support. It was determined that Survivor Day would always fall on the Saturday before American Thanksgiving, as the holidays are often a difficult time for suicide loss survivors. If you are a suicide loss survivor, please know that there are people who love you and care for you. Good morning and good morning again Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph And it is Freestyle Friday Mm -hmm. Alrighty Well thank God for us entering into this side of the week And if we're listening, we alright You know, think about it if something was really going on in our life, we really wouldn't be turning on this two time with Pastor Steph, right? All right, I know you. I know you, and I know you well. So, I want to thank you for joining me today. And, you know, I always like to, on Fridays give a little news regarding the entertainment business, all right? So today is no different, and today I want to talk about where are the folk, the cast, 
of E.R. Do you remember that show, man? That was one of my all-time favorite shows. And I've been looking at it from the beginning all over again. And I'm actually up to season nine. I just started season nine this week, earlier part of this week. And, you know, I didn't realize so many of our stars actually came through ER. Yes, a lot of our stars came through ER. So I know on this list they have the stars, you know, like the big stars of ER, especially the the original cast, because this helped to launch quite a few careers. And I want to see who else pops up on this list. So they start with George Clooney. Yes, you remember George Clooney. Yeah. I like him. I like him. I like him. I like him. Well, I want to start with Mark Green. Dr. Mark Green. Remember? Dr. Mark Green. Anthony Edwards. Yes. Well, it definitely catapulted his career. Remember, he played Dr. Green. Dr. Mark Green. And he was on ER for the first maybe eight uh, eight seasons. Mm-hmm. And he ended up dying from brain cancer. Remember, he got married and all that kind of good stuff. Hello, Ella. Yeah, well, where is he now? Well, he's got designated survivor underneath his belt you know designated survivor that's with what's my boy Kiefer Sutherland yeah so you know that's pretty recent so that's what he's done in more recent um years he's done blue bloods he's done law and order true crime and he's done billions yeah so that's where he went remember Dr. Susan Lewis Yes, Sherry Stringfield. Remember, she had the sister Chloe who was on drugs and left her with the little niece. And yeah. Well, remember, she was the one who started on the show and then left and then ended up going back. Yes, yes, yes. Well, she had her most recent uh, scenes in Criminal Minds. Beyond Borders, okay? So that was her most recent work. She was on NYPD Blue. She was on Guiding Light. She's done a little, you know, a little stuff. What about Dr. John Carter? Oh, I used to love me some Dr. Carter. Yes, 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 Noah Wiley. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, he spent quite a bit of time on ER in the first 11 seasons, 
and his his face has popped up in quite a few quite a few stuff or things or movies or TV shows. Yes, he did. He did quite a bit. And he ended up on the series of The Red Line and The Romanoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who else? What about Nurse Hathaway? Now, everybody knows Nurse Hathaway. She was one of the primary nurses who dated um, one of the doctors. And Julianne Margulies. Remember her? Mm-hmm. Well, she went on to starring in The Good Wife. Yes, yes, a big, big role for her. And she has done some uh, scenes in The Hot Zone, and she's done a lot of PBS, mm-hmm. specifically what they call unladylike. Okay. All right, who else? Well, this I have to tell you. One of my absolute favorite, Dr. Peter Benton. I have to say he was my absolute favorite on the show. Yes, Eric LaSalle. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody has to remember Eric LaSalle from... Yes, Eddie Murphy, coming to America. Remember? He was the so glow, yeah, yes. Jerry, 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 Q, Jerry Curl Juice. Yes, yes, yes. Well, he ended up, he does a lot of directing. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's behind the scenes now. He's done. Madam Secretary, he's done Under the Dome, he's done Chicago Med, yeah, okay. He actually has done a lot of directing for Chicago PD, yes, yes. Oh, remember Jeannie Boulay? That was Eric LaSalle's first love interest, Gloria Rubin. Now, her face has popped up quite a bit and it was something I was watching here recently. And I was like, oh, look who they went and got. Yeah, her face has been recurring on um, TV and movie. And she's done some off-Broadway stuff. Yes, yes, yes. She's also done some vocals for the Tina Turner tour. Yeah, for her uh, Tina Turner's 2000 tour. Yes, she's actually a beautiful singer and a jazz musician. And she's Canadian. Yes, one of the, uh, I think it was one year, quite, quite a few years ago, she sang the National Anthem for Canada on, I think it was, uh, what do you call that thing, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this doctor, everybody loved to hate, Carrie Weaver. Now, I always thought her name was Carrie. Carrie Weaver, Laura Innes. Yep, remember, she was the one who walked with the cane. Mm-hmm. Well, 
she's done quite a bit. Mm-mm. She's done quite a bit of TV and movies, and she was on How to Get Away with Murder. She was on North Star, which was a short film. So she's kept her face in the limelight for a little bit. Well, what about Dr. Corday? Remember Elizabeth Corday? Alex Kingston, she was the one who was from London, I believe, and she got married to Dr. Green, and she had the little girl, Ella. Yes, well, she's actually um, done some work with the Manchester International Festival, and that was some Shakespearean work that she did. So she's done some live work, yeah, a lot of stage shows, okay? Well, talk about somebody you want to hate. Come on, say it with me. Dr. Robert Romano. Oh, my goodness. Paul McCrane. Now, if you go back, I don't know if you knew this, but Paul McCrane was on the original cast of Fame. Yes, I'm talking about fame, fame. I'm talking about the second nonsense fame. Yes, he was a part of fame. Yes, 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 yes. And he ended up getting an award, a primetime Emmy Award, for a role that he played in Harry's Law. Now, he also starred in... All rise, yes, as a judge. Yeah, so it's nice to see him on the screen. Very good actor, very good actor. Remember in a ER he got his arm cut off mm-hmm, by the helicopter plate? Yeah, that was just one of the things that happened to him. All right, what about Luca, Dr. Kovach? Mm-hmm, Goran Vinzjik. Yeah, he was the one who spoke with a very heavy accent. Nice-looking guy, nice-looking guy. Well, he actually played in some episodes of Brides, the film Fatima. He also did Doctor Who. So he's done some some work. He's done some work. All right. Remember Dr. Chen, Deb, yeah, the Asian doctor. Remember she was the one who got pregnant and gave the baby up for adoption. Mm-hmm. She was another one who started on ER and then left and then ended up going back for a little while. Well, she was a good one. I liked her. She has a lot of work. In Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's done Fresh Off the Boat. She's done The Mandalorian. Yeah, so she's done. She's done a nice amount of work. Okay, what about Abby Lockhart, Maura Tierney? Yes, yes, yes. I used to like her. I used to like her too. Well, she won a Golden Globe Award. And she was on The Affair, a Showtime series. Mm-hmm. So 
she's done a little bit of work. Well, well, remember Greg Pratt, Dr. Pratt, Makai Pfeiffer. Yeah, and I don't have to tell you that he's done some work. Yeah, remember he ended up doing some work um, with the series, um, not the series, he did the movie. He did the movie, um, oh, my goodness, how can I not remember? Soul Food. Yes, he was married to Neil Long's character. Mm-hmm. Well, he's done a lot of work. He's done a lot of work. You've seen him quite a bit. He did 8 Mile. He did, um, I know what you did last summer. He did Lie to Me. He did House of Lies. Lies. That's it, right? House of Lies. So he's done a lot, a lot of work. Okay. What about Dr. Doug Ross? Now, everybody knows him. George Clooney. Cutie pie. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I don't have to tell you, he's done quite a bit of work, despite the fact that we haven't seen him. You know, more recently, he's done Ocean's Eleven. Remember, he did that whole franchise, Ocean's Eleven franchise. He did Three Kings. He did, who else? The American. He did Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, he, his face has been all over the place. So, you know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of launching of careers. A lot of launching of careers, and you know, nice amount of you know work that they all have done and. Like I said, for all of us who enjoyed ERA, really, really had a good time. Really had a good time with them. And I'm enjoying them all over again. Yes, I'm watching it on Hulu. So Hulu gets gives us an opportunity to watch this stuff over and over again. Mm. Well, <clears throat>
So they ended up bouncing me around. So they're saying that on some airlines, and they're naming United, they're saying that they will, if they can, give you a free upgrade. And they're saying because their goal is to make your trip, you know, so enjoyable that you'll want to fly again with them. Well, at least that's somebody who's trying to keep your dollars. Because it seems like these days and times, these businesses don't care nothing about your money. Yet they'll take it this time, and whether you come back or not, it just don't seem to matter. All right? Well, they said when you're entering the security check, go to the left checkpoint. All right? You know how we just end up staying on that line forever. Yeah. They say, but most people are right-handed, so they head for the right checkpoint. So there are times where you have, like, someone who's directing you, like, to go to these particular lines. But for the times when you can kind of go left or right on your own, they say go left because those lines tend to be shorter. Now, listen, when you travel, if you try any of these hacks and, you know, it works or it doesn't work, yeah, let me know because I'd love to be able, because I'm going to try some of this stuff, and I'll let you know if it works. You know I'm going to let you know, okay? They say don't forget to bring your portable charger, all right? So that you never run out of power. You don't want to have to buy it in the airport. And don't put it in your check, your check bag. That's something that you could put in your pocket. That's something that you could put in your carry-on. Yeah, so don't make a mistake and put it in your check bag because then you're going to have to buy it. And you know how much they charge you in the airport. Well, they say... Make sure you bring your wet wipes and hand sanitizer. Do I have to tell you? Do I have to tell you that? Oh, my gosh. I have been reading so many news articles of things that have been contracted from us touching stuff. We do not travel without hand sanitizer. So... Bring your wet wipes to wipe stuff down. Bring your hand sanitizer for your hands, okay? Don't forget that. They said, if you don't like turbulence, book an early morning flight. Now, I just had a neighbor who says she flies 6 a.m. all the time. She said, first of all, if there are delays, it will always be behind her. Because it gets busier. Yeah. Well, they say that there's not a whole lot of traffic. It's the same thing she's saying, but she's not talking about turbulence. They're saying there's not a whole lot of traffic during those early morning hours. So you will get a smoother ride. Okay. All right. Next thing. They said bring your extra zip lock bags. Now, y'all know Pastor Steph has been telling you about your Ziploc bags for the refrigerator. Well, they're saying bring your extra Ziploc bags for your liquids. Yes, 
so you can put your stuff in your little suitcases. I travel with Ziploc bags. Yes, I do. I travel with um, Ziploc or those, like I said, the snap bags, and because uh, I'm always sticking stuff in there. And let me tell you what what, can, what you can do. Sometimes I've seen people get caught off guard because they'll forget and they'll pack those huge bottles. And, you know, for bottles, they only allow you to do like three ounces, four ounces max. Well, if anything happens, you can always squeeze it out and dump it into your Ziploc bags. Yeah, you don't want to throw your stuff away. I ain't throwing nothing away, so little, you know, caveat. They say check in 24 hours before your flight. Yeah. That way, you don't have a whole lot of last-minute stuff to do at the airport. You don't have to stand in the long lines. You can just go on through because you've already checked in. All right? Take a photo of your checked luggage. Yeah, I always make sure that if I travel with a black bag, I put a scarf or something on it, mm-hmm. something bright, yellow bandana, red bandana. You're allowed to do that. Put a bow on it, ribbon on it, whatever you want to do. If you have to have black luggage, I actually opt for color luggage, but... For those of us who opt for black, ain't nothing wrong with that. But how many other people's black luggage you going to have to sift through? But ain't nobody got that yellow bandana. So now that I've told everybody to get a yellow bandana, you're going to have to do something else. So go get some kente cloth or something that's going to stick out. Yeah, this is Pastor Steph talking. This ain't what I'm reading. This is what I'm telling you. you know, little things that you can do. Now, here's what I really want to tell you about. And I haven't, this is not the first time I've heard this. So you know we haven't been forever, ever since 9-11, we haven't been able to travel with liquids. No, they'll let you bring food galore. You could bring fried chicken, hamburgers, a turkey. It don't matter. French fries. You could bring any food on an airplane, but you are not allowed to bring any liquids. No. Here's what they say. Freeze it. Yeah. Because it's going to take a minute to defrost. So I don't know how much it's going to do you, how good it's going to you know, benefit you if it's frozen because you sure can't drink it. But here's what they say. It has to be rock solid frozen. So I guess this is for those who have like a really long flight. Yes, they will allow you to bring on a water bottle, soda bottles, whatever, juice, as long as it is rock solid. They said, however, if there is any, any liquid in the bottle, you can throw, you're going to throw it in the garbage. Yep. So, again, if you've got that long flight and you don't want to have to buy, I, look, I say it like this, listen, if I can bring my food, and all I got to do is buy me something to drink. Yo, if the drink costs $5, I ain't lost nothing. Because you can always get something. They always give you a little, a little can or something to drink on the plane. So 
you know, you can just buy your food. You can afford something to drink. Yeah. Okay. What else are they telling us? Fly red eye. Mm. Well, I guess it's pretty much for the same reason. That way they say you can nap and it's a little different than, you know, because everybody ain't flying red eye. So it'll be a little quieter on the plane. Well, I got to tell you, I sleep everywhere. It does not matter. I just cannot ride and not sleep. I bring iPad, iPhone, I everything, books, pads, puzzle books, and all I do is sleep. So if any craziness goes on, I'll just sleep through it. If God takes my life during the time somebody go crazy, then I'll, I'll just die in my sleep. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right, what else are we talking about? They say bring an empty water bottle. Now, let's see why they tell us to bring an empty water bottle. Oh, that's for those of you who live dangerously and y'all want to drink from the water fountain. They're saying that if you bring, they'll let you bring an empty water bottle and you just fill it up in the airport. You must be out your ever-loving mind. All right, they say always wear red clothing or bright clothing when you're traveling with others. And that way, if you get separated, someone can always find you. Well, that would be interesting if everyone decided to do this, right? Then you'd be looking at everybody in red or everybody in yellow. I say if you're going to do that, get some off color that no one else has but you and your group. All right? All righty. So I'm going to leave you there. I just thought you might want to get those little tidbits. All right? All right. What we talking about today? I want to talk about something that I have been holding on all week and it's like ridiculous. Wait, I gotta pull it up. Should have had it up, but I had the other stuff up, so leave me alone. What about this New Jersey janitor? Oh my goodness. If you have not already heard, you've got this school janitor who is accused of contaminating food. Our children's food. If y'all don't believe that there is a war on our children, oh my gosh. Now, I got to do a little research here as we talk because I'm trying to figure out if there are two reports of two different people. Because for some reason, this came up again as I was doing my weekly news. And I'm, like, really hoping there's not two crazy people out here. But this Giovanni Impelizzeri, if that's the name. So we just going to call him Giovanni. 25 years old. 25. You're too young to be stupid like this. Well, he's accused of contaminating the food and kitchen utensils in the Elizabeth Moore School Cafeteria with his saliva, his urine, and his feces. Why? 
They say he also sprayed bleach into a container of food that was later served to the children with the intention of harming the students. Now, this is the thing that I never understand about these people. You know how he was found out, right? Come on, come on, let's say it together. (sighs) Internet. He actually... Okay, let me go back a little bit. Let me before I get there. Let me go back before I get there. So somebody contacted the authorities. Numerous tips because he was on social media posting what he did. So he was. They say he was ex- posting extremely disturbing videos of himself. While at work And he was showing himself performing sexual acts With inanimate objects at the school They say that he posted himself Doing things that would endanger the well-being of the students at the school I'm just kind of going because I want to make sure I catch as much of this as I possibly can. So he worked as a custodian since 2019. Now, here's, here's the problem. You don't know how long ago he started this stuff here. So they arrested him and charged him with aggravated assault, tampering with food products, endangering the welfare of a child, and attempted misconduct. They say he was also charged with official misconduct, uh, and he's being held in some county jail. They say they're collecting samples of bodily fluids to determine whether there's a health risk for those who have consumed food from the school's cafeteria. Now, let me read that to y'all again, because maybe I'm not catching something that <laughs> that y'all catch, or y'all not catching something that I'm catching. Authorities are collecting samples of bodily fluids to determine whether there is a health risk For those who have consumed food from the school's cafeteria. Well, let Pastor Steph be the first to say that if there are bodily fluids, it's been contaminated. I'm sorry. What are you possibly checking for? If your bodily fluids are in and on the stuff, I'm already sick. You ain't got to tell me that he had some germs. You ain't got to tell me that he had some disease. Oh, help y'all. I can't. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something. Once they saw that he had done it, we ain't checking for nothing else. We are not checking for anything else. 
What are we looking for, y'all? Oh, my goodness gracious me. Well, I want to do a really quick check because as I was doing more news this week, I actually came across another um no, this looks like it's the same person. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know. I I I, I don't know. You know, they have this other article where it says he is quoted saying, hope so, that he hopes that the children would get sick at the school. What have these children done to you? Why? Why? You're 25 years old. Now, the reason why I bring this up, in my brain, in my brain, it ain't got to be your brain, but in my brain, I say to myself, you're young. So, generally, you don't find younger people, like, you know, working in these jobs, who have become bitter because they haven't been working at it long. Now, if... 69-year-old Pedro or Ray Ray or Abdul did it, then you could kind of automatic, automatically assume that they mad because they didn't get a better job in life. But you're 25. You're just getting started. What are you so mad with these kids about that you would do something like this? I, you know, it doesn't got nothing to do with no mental, mental illness. This is just straight evil, wicked, evil, nasty. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, like, blown away. I really am. I really am. And I'm, I'm so, so praying that nobody got sick. Because, again, we know how your body is so contaminated and, you know, when you intentionally do something like that and you see these children, they're getting sick at the drop of a dime these days. You know, we were much healthier. We didn't have to go get no um, allergy testing and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. We were a lot more resilient physically than children are today. And they're getting sick over Every little thing. So I don't know, y'all. Just let's keep these children lifted in prayer because they are so vulnerable. Our our babies are so vulnerable. Uh, Again, like I said, you know, they they can't get out their house um, without having to deal with crazy parents. They have to deal with crazy grandparents. The other day, we saw a cousin um, doing a, 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 what do you call it, circumcision. We really have to keep our children lifted because they, they really, they can't see it coming. They can't see it coming. There's no way in the world you can see this stuff coming. And I just give God thanks that he was stupid enough to put it on social media because they said people were reporting this left and right. 
All right, before I bring my men on, I, I do want to give you an update. You know, I like to follow these stories. We talked about the tenant from hell. Remember out in L.A., the Airbnb, she was supposed to be there um, for six months, and then she went and got an attorney and said she wasn't going to pay rent no more because something about there wasn't supposed to be like a bathroom or something to that effect. Well, she, um, they are mandating that she move. Yeah. She is kicked out. Kicked out. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And I hope that the attorney that she hired does not get a dime. Gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. The judge ruled that she has to. Leave. She had to leave. So I'd really like to know where she's going and where the attorney is going. You know, we talk all the time about the jobs that you really need to pursue versus the jobs that you know you need to stay away from. And you know, attorneys they take anything. It doesn't matter how wrong you are. It doesn't matter how right you are. If they think they can get $5, they're going to take the case. And she was actually able to go get an attorney to um, hold her down in this no-fault evictions as though the landlord had done something wrong. She was supposed to stay for six months, and right after the six months, she refused to leave, and they claimed that she had some case because he was not he had an illegal bathroom and all of this kind of stuff. Well, I am just happy to announce and tell you that she is bye bye. All right, let's talk to our gentleman. Let's say good morning to our brother Ainsley. Good morning, brother Ainsley. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Staff. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good, doing good. And yourself, you sound bright up and cheery. (laughs) Let me tell you something. If I was dead tired, when you start reading these news stories, um, it's just, boy, if you don't get to wake up, it's like, yo, these people are crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it is crazy. So we're talking about, First, the airport hacks. Do you have an airport yeah, hack for us? Yes. Um, you, 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 you hit on quite a few. Because uh, recently I've been flying a lot more frequently than I have over in the past and what, more domestically. And, yeah, you, you hit on a lot of good points. Um, uh, a couple things. Like One thing I realized that in most of the time, if I don't mind, I usually didn't mind where I sit on the plane. As long as I'm on the plane, I'm good, right? Okay. Until, until, um, uh, I, I usually just have a carry-on. I try not to check a luggage in. That way, when you get off the flight, you just go about your business, right? Right. Right. But I realized one time I got stuck. I was coming into New York, but I flew into Newark, and so I, I got picked. I fit in. I sat in the. I got in the back. However. I realized, but then the overhead got so, um, so you know, was so um, used. By the time I got on, 
they had to check in my carry-on. So now when I get to Newark, now I got to, then I had to wait over an hour to get wow. my, check, my, my check luggage, which I didn't want it to be checked. I just wanted to carry on. Right. So right. for that, I realized that, you know, to avoid that, then if you're going to choose your seat, choose it more towards the front. Now I try to see. Oh, okay. Now I do the opposite. I try okay. to sit directly in the front. I'll pay the extra um, to sit oh, in the okay. front seat. But, however, okay. something that just happened, and I'm going to start a series called Peeve Situation. Um, I paid for a seat um, to sit in the front because now, you know, when you pay for your fare, all you're paying for is a flight. You go to yes! you don't pay. Yes! You don't pay for where you want to sit at. You got to pay yes. for if you want to pick your seat. You got to pay if you want to sit in the front with extra room. Right. You got to pay extra if you want to sit in the aisle or the or or the window. Nobody really wants the right. middle seat, right? So I paid for for my mother for okay, you know, sit up in the front, very front, second row, aisle. So once you get on the plane, boom, she should be good, right? Okay. However, they even though I paid for that, JetBlue. Uh, they put her in the middle seat. Wow. Right? Now, I didn't realize it until after, you know, she got off the flight. You know, she was already going around. I'm like, what? But she didn't know where, I, you know, she thought I just did that. Right, like, oh, right. not. So now I paid $40 for that seat. So now here's the thing. So I called JetBlue to complain, you know, you know, to voice my, you know, my displeasure. So it took an hour I guess, and then they say, basically they say, you know what, they basically have the right, it's in all their guidelines, it's on the wow. website, that if for any reason, they do have the right to change your seat. I'm like, okay. Wow. Right, if you got the right to do that, okay. Well, then I need to be compensated. Right. Well, right. they're saying they have the right. I'm like, okay, I'm not saying I want my whole flight money back. Well, give me back my $40 for that. Right, right, right. And it was like, well, we can't really do that. You know, so after, after I pressed the issue, finally they, they relented and they gave me, oh, well, you can give a $15 credit. Wow. So here's the thing. Wow. So, you, so you sit on a flight in the middle, squished up between two big guys, then another oh. hour wasted and trying to rectify this stuff. Just for a fifteen dollar credit. So my whole wow. thing is uh, thank you very much, Jet Blue. <laughs> you wow. Know, so, so the matter so the point is the matter even if you do pay for uh, right. a particular seat, they can still change it. They said, Well, if you voice your opinion, um, they would try to accommodate it. We don't see it on the records. But here's my thing. Why I gotta make a point about something when it's clearly on a reservation? This is right, where the seat right. is. Right. When I paid for now, it, you say, if I gotta bring, right now, if I gotta bring this up, there's gonna be another situation. Then, then I'm a just, then I'm a just, um, just I'm a just really passenger. Make right. a, make a, make right. a, uh, right. make a, you know, make it a scene about something I already paid for. You know. Wow. Well, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's really for my travel things. Yeah, and I hear like oh, you wow. know, um. You said with the water bottle, um, I didn't realize. I know, I know you could bring food. Here's my thing about the early morning flights, though. Man, when you leave out in the early six o'clock flights, six thirty, seven a.m. flights, um, mm-hmm. there ain't nothing open in the airport. 
So Ooh, I'm we, glad you, you told us that. There ain't not. I mean, I'm in trouble. You know, I like you want a cup of coffee or something like that. There is nothing open that early. They open up. They start wow. around roughly about six thirty, around six thirty seven o'clock, and so. You know, so even the the flight leaves about like about that time. You know, you you need to be close to the gate. Now, if you live in right. Atlanta airport, you know that airport is huge. You know, it, it's it's a good distance between where the food court is or food availability oh, is, okay. and where where your gate is. So I'm early morning flight. Yeah, but listen, don't expect to get you can't get nothing to eat. I mean, nothing hot. I say like that, hot coffee and stuff. But you might have the vending machines where you can, you know, get, um, like you say, pay $5, $7 for a little bottle of water or soda, but um, there's no coffee, nothing. You can't, everything's closed that early. Okay. And likewise, okay, okay. At late at night, it's, it's the opposite. It's the same thing, too. Things be closing down. Right. Well, thanks for sharing that one because it, that that there I didn't even think about. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. before we let you go, what about uh-huh. this New Jersey school janitor? All I want to know is what kind of time should we get? That that, that that's all I want to know. Fifty years. Okay. And you know what? I have one thing. I want to know who 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 did the interview on this guy? That's why yeah. I want to know who interviewed this guy. Oh my! You can't pick up nothing on that, you know. Come right. on. I want to know who did the oh, interview on this guy. Gosh, that's what I want to know. I want to know how much time are we talking? So you said fifty years. All righty. Easy, straight, straight fifty, straight fifty. No chance of parole. All right, you get a chance of parole at forty nine. But you know he got he got. And I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll tell y'all how much I think he should get. Let's talk to Brother Allen, see what he says. Thanks for joining us this morning, uh, Brother Ainsley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good morning, Brother Al. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chop of the oh, morning. You know where I'm at. I'm up here with the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> up with the kids. You're going to take them out of the cafe in a minute. <laughs> All right. You, Do you, you have going? an airport? You have an airport hack for us, brother Al? Um, not really, because I know how they work. You know, with the airports. You know, as far as like, they make you pay for everything. <laughs> you know, like I was hearing brother Ainsley saying that. Uh, you know, um, if you get an early flight, it's nothing to eat. Believe me, you don't want to buy nothing if it is something to eat. You go in there and get a bagel and a bottle of water, and that's twenty five dollars. <laughs> so, you know what? The best thing to do is eat before you go. Eat before you go. Make you a salmon, and you'll be all right. So, um, I mean, I'm trying to think. The airplane, uh, I think the only thing I might have had was, like, back when 9-11 happened. And I knew they was very, very, you know, strict when they got back to the flying. So, I remember going in, and, you know, they, they checked their stuff. And so this, they started putting it on kind of different rules where you can't, you know, you got to take your belt off and stuff like that. So when I went through, the lady, it was a lot of people, and she just had an attitude, and she's checking people in there. So I'm going, she said, take your shoes off. I took my shoes off. And nothing went off. Then, oh, you got to take your jacket off. So I took the jacket off. And then she said, oh, you got to take your belt off. So people were getting annoyed as well as I was. So I was like, 
Okay, I take my belt. I said, you want me to take my pants off next? And everybody started laughing. And, oh, she was tight there. She was tight there. <laughs> so, that was so I really haven't had. I really haven't had nothing crazy. I don't fly a lot. I fly when I need to. But they're changing so much rules. Because now I'm here. And also now with a flight that they're allowing people to bring their animal on. Not, not yes, as far sir. as before they put them in a the kettle and then they go under the plane. Like, they actually can see, have a seat. So my question is, yes. okay, you're putting this animal in there with a seat. What if I've got allergies? You know, right. so when I got allergies or I'm allergic, right. you don't care about me. You just care about yeah. getting the mic. So I, I'm sitting next to this lady and her dog. You know, yeah. dog barking because, you know, they, they get dog's ear very sensitive. So, again, the dog's ears may be popping while the play. You know, it's, 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 the best thing for me to do is to stay on the daytime show, make this money, and get my private jet. I ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Please send your money to Master Seth. <laughs> Master Seth slash Brother Al. <laughs> send that money so we can take care of this business. If you want Brother Al to have a private jet, please fund your money at this <laughs> I'm with you, Brother Al. It, it, it'll be it'll be a Griffin Bynum jet line. I'm I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. All right. We've got this New Jersey school janitor. And as a person who works in the school, you know, you know, what time are we talking about he should get brother Al for intentionally. You know, even came back to say that he hopes the children get sick by him contaminating the food and the kitchen utensils with urine, feces, and saliva. What kind of time we talking? That's all I want to know. Wow. I'm talking about at, at least 60 years. At least. Okay. I mean, that's, that's just horrible. Wow. That's, man, I'm listening to you talking about that. I'm just like, wow, that's just cool. And like you said, what, what they're going to do, what they always do is mental illness, illness, mental, you know, and I told people, not everything is mental illness. Some things just straight demonic. You know, yeah. so you got nothing yeah. to do but just contaminate these things and all this stuff that hurt these kids. So, you know, you do 60 years, you be their big bubble and let him have feed you. <laughs> uh-huh. All righty. All righty. Let's see what your brother KL says. Thanks for joining us, Brother Al. And we're going to work on that jet. Have no fear. We're going to work on that jet. Let's say good morning to, uh, to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? Stop crying. It's going to be okay. It's going to be I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. All right. Do you have an airport <laughs> hack for us, Pastor KL? Well, yeah, you know, I just came from New York, and um, going to New York, I had a passenger that was a dog, and I wasn't, I didn't appreciate that, you know what I mean, because, you know, Pastor Kale knows all the rules for the plane, so I know to bring my, my couple of pieces of chicken and my bread and all that stuff, you know, because I can bring that on the train, I mean, on the plane, so here I am having a two-piece, and the dog looking at me, like I'm supposed to share, 
You know what I'm saying? And I, I kind of had a problem with that. I couldn't even really draw my two-piece, you know, by myself. You know what I mean? And, 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 and a dog got on my nerves so much, I know what chicken bones do to a dog. I almost took the dog out. <laughs> you might want to look the other way. Because <laughs> it might be the last supper. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. You know, I'm with Brother Al. You know, it's 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 one thing for you to allow people who wanna bring their dogs but you I, I see no logic in everyone else having no say, everyone else's feelings, allergies and fears disregarded. I, I, I'm just this man. If you don't know the Lord, it, you just you, you better go. You better find him, find him, because that's the only way you getting through in this life. Because I'm sorry, years ago that was not your concern. Like Brother Al said, you would have to be, you know, put in a in a cage, and you know they put you in your own designated area. And right now. I have to ride. But, but, it doesn't matter my allergy level or, like I said, even fears or just my comfort. Like you said, Pastor you know Taylor, Pastor I, I don't know if anybody else is breathing over my food. Right. Now I got the animals. But, oh. but I, I, I didn't feel bad if I gave him a chicken bone. But, you know, all good dogs go to heaven. You know. I didn't feel bad. Oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> well, we can't, right, we can't say that he's a bad dog. Can't say he's a bad dog. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! All right, Pastor KL, you know the, the disgusting account of this New Jersey school janitor in this elementary school on social media posting um, him contaminating the food for the children, and you know, I just need to know. If if y'all are matching my sentencing, so Brother Ainsley has sentenced um, him to fifty years. Brother Al has sentenced him to sixty years. What are you sentencing him to? I sentenced him to to uh, life because I'm looking at how many accounts that that he had, you know, um, premeditated murder. Are you trying to kill folks? You know, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, so he, he, should, he should go for life. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what I say. I say life. I agree. I'm so, you should never be able to face the beautiful ground ever. When you are so evil that you will contaminate these innocent children's food. God only knows what they're already going through. And now they can't even eat. What is going on in your world that you are so hateful that you would contaminate children's food for no reason? And then say, here's what here's what sealed your life sentence for Stephanie. When you said you hope they got sick. Yeah. That's that yeah. was the caption. Hope so. Hope so that did it for me. So, that did it for so me. So it was premeditated. This is this you, you did yes. this on purpose. Yes. Yes. Mm. You know, we we really we really I tell you, we have to keep our children lifted in prayer, gentlemen, because we really um we really don't know what they're 
you know, what they're facing every day. We really don't know. Right. We really, really, really don't know. I had I had something for us to talk about and I lost it. So wait a minute. I lost it, I lost it, I lost it. I got so caught up in the in the in the uh <laughs> in the um what do you call it? The janitor that I lost my news story or I lost our Give me one second, guys. Okay, so you know what? Let me do this. Let me do this. Okay. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, so you know what? We are talking about different um, different anxiety, things that bring us um, anxiety. And I found something yesterday that I thought would be really good, and especially from the men. Let me, just give me a minute. Y'all have to forgive me this morning. You have to forgive me this morning. No problem. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for your patience. All right. All right. So we're talking about only only Angie said no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't add to my anxiety. Don't add to my anxiety. We're talking about things that bring you anxiety in your life. And, you know, I, I thought this was really good, like I said, especially for um, – the men, because men, the, you men always answer very differently than the women. And I want to talk about how we get rid of, you know, anxiety and things like that. And, you know, we're talking about every day on this these news stories of the things that we have to face from day to day. And, you know, sometimes we're talking about the people who are riding the train, you know, who are um, in danger more and more. We're talking about this particular thing. You're sending your children to school. And, you know, how do you not have anxiety when, you know, I can only imagine what these parents in this particular school are thinking, what they want to do, you know, what are they facing. You know, now you have to worry about if your child was exposed to any of this, Did you know, can they become ill later? So, how do we deal with, you know, different levels of anxiety? And one of the things we, they bring up is impatience. You know, so I want you to talk about something that you were really, really impatient with at one point, but this is how you have now combated this issue. Or have you? Mm, that, might be a, that might be an interesting conversation. And I'm going to start with you, Brother Al. You know, is there anything at one point you were really impatient about, but now you've kind of <sighs> learned how to deal with that level of anxiety? And what did you do? Oh, man. Was, of course you would start me first. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Let's see. What have I been impatient with? And, um, and I'm like, you know, um, 
I would say being impatient with with um with my children, you know, with, with my boys, because you know, <clears throat> us as parents, you know, we want our children to be better than us. We want our children to have better opportunities than us. Being that we've been through been through the river already, we don't want our children to go through that river. So you know, we tend to push a little bit. Hey, look, don't do that. I've been there. Hey, look, if you do that, this is what's going to happen. And I learned as I was doing that, I was kind of pushing my kids to, like, okay, he said it a billion times. Why is he still saying it? So I had to sit back and say, okay, you know what? I have to let them learn on their own. I'm going to sit back. I'll be here when you fall, but I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to relax myself, and I'm going to let you learn on your own. As long as you're not hurt or anything crazy is going on with you, I'm going to sit back and be patient and let you learn. So I know that was that was, that was one thing that I, I went through. And, and, you know, I had to do a lot of praying with that, you know, for those who don't know, you know, prayer works. And I had to pray and say, God, guide me. God, give me that strength to sit back, you know, because nobody wants to see their children hurt or go through things. Nobody wants to see that. And we try to protect them. But at that time, they don't understand that. So that was one of my things. Okay, okay, okay. Nice start, nice start. Uh, Brother Ainsley, what are we talking about? You know, something that, you know, there was a level of straight impatience, and now, you know, you've learned how to deal with it. How? Uh, I'm kind of, as you mentioned, I'm trying to think of what I've been impatient about. Uh, I, I can know about some certain anxiety, but I try to be impatient uh, something you're just going to have just to wait. But more on anxiety, I said one of the more things I've been having to say, I had more anxiety or issues about um, two major areas, financial, you know, how, you, you know, you know, raising a family, how you going to meet the needs of the family. Because, uh, you know, the man, you're supposed to be responsible, and that's all it is, you're supposed to be responsible, but when the money is short, you know, how do you survive and do what you got to do? And dealing with health health issues and concerns and challenges, you know. And but the the common thing though is this is where uh my 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 faith comes in, you know, because us you know because I realize if God done brought me through before through that, he gonna bring me through this. And it's been like a stepping stone, you know. I you know, I had to deal with this small issue now I got now before I would now I was dealing with a bigger issue. He get me through that. So as things seems to progress, seem like to be more a more a, a problem, a bigger issue. I'm already standing on faith what God already brought me through. All right. So no matter what I may be feeling at the moment, my faith has already told me somehow, somewhere, and at some point in time, I'm going to get through this. No matter how I'm feeling right now. So to me, it's my my really faith really you know, my faith in God. I, and I know no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it is, and things have gotten really bad, but he brings you out. So my faith, that's 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 where uh, the strength comes in. That's where uh, you know, relief comes in from the anxiety or the impatience. Because you got to wait on the Lord. It's, it's a it's a process to 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 it's a process. You don't wake up. Oh, okay, I'm good like that. No, it's a process. But my faith, that's where it comes in. That's how I deal with it. Uh, all right. 
righty, all righty. Pastor KL, what are we talking about? We're trying to, you know, focus on some things that bring us anxiety and impatience. Is there an area where you were impatient? Or are you in some level of impatience, but you're finding that if you, you know, do something this way or that way, it, it brings down the level of anxiety for you? Well, well, two things. First of all, I like to say to Ainsley, I mean, that, that, that was really touching. And, and the first thing I came <laughs> in my mind was that, that thy faith has made you whole. So keep the faith, sir. You know, that, 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 I, I like that. I like that. I like that. Second of all, as far as patience, you know, I think I've had patience in waiting for Pastor the Step to come up with these stories. You know, just sitting here and waiting. That, that, that's patience. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, how, how, how I deal with it on the inside, you know, it, it's torment. No but, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think I have, well, I'm like Angel. I have anxieties. Like when I first started um, flying, because I'm highly claustrophobic, Oh man, I couldn't deal with it. As soon as, as soon as the door locked, I was losing it. So I had to find myself staying up the night before all night, so that when I got on the plane, all I would do is fall asleep. You know. But now, when you take trips to like uh, Kenya, Africa, and you fall asleep and, and wake up, you're still on the plane, and you still got a whole <laughs> lot of time to go. You know what I mean? I don't care how many movies, how many steak dinners they give you, it does not calm down that anxiety. You know, after a while, you know, I just had to give it to God and say, God, it was my time, it was my time, and I just left it like that. And, you know, I've been doing good ever since. Mm. See, this is why I say you men answer things so much different than the women. I would have gotten three stick-to-the-answer answers or question-answers. Now, now I'm searching. Now, you got you impatient because now I got to find – I gotta find something new to say because y'all don't stick to the script. Yo, oh my goodness gracious! Now, now I got. Now you gonna wait? Now you gonna wait? Cause now I gotta. Oh my god! Again. All right, brother Al. And again, I you, say you, wait. You know what, brother Al? Let's start with you again. Oh my goodness! Since you're the only one who's being uh, how much anxiety am I gonna have now? Cause I gotta try to find something in a hurry. Okay, but they say one of the things that brings us a level of anxiety also is things have got to be just right. And when it's not, it really, you know, kind of brings you to a level of anxiety. Is there a particular area where everything has got to be just right and you've got to find your way back to a level of composure? Um, used to be. I guess it used to be. I've, I've came a long okay, way with that. Fine. Well, I know one of, one of the things that used to be is when I'm performing, when I'm acting, DJing or whatever, I like some things to be on point, especially when I'm doing my acting. Like, you know, I, I get crazy. Like, okay, bro, come on, you got to get your lines. Like I was filming a movie, uh, just this independent film, and this guy could not get his lines right. Oh, it was driving me insane. And he, he didn't have that many lines. And they just cut, do it again. Cut, all right, try it again. Cut, all right, take a break, y'all, for a few minutes. I'm just looking at him like, I spray punch him in his face. (laughs) And then, then, you know, I'm like, okay, do it again. So we did at least 15 takes. So by then, I'm worn out. 
Because people who don't act don't understand that when you're doing a character and you're portraying somebody, it takes a lot out of you because you're putting in that energy. It takes a lot. So when I pretend I was exhausted, but I have gotten better at it because I say, you know, everybody don't do what you do or take it as serious as you do. And I've learned to just, just go with the flow. But back in the day, boy, you're about to be a fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, we know what it is, uh, the three of us, the other three. What it is when people don't take the time to learn their lines. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm feeling you, Brother Al. I'm feeling you. All right, Brother Ainsley. You want to stick to the script this time? Oh, there's something that had to be or has to be just right, or it'll bring you some level of anxiety, or it used to. Yeah, I'm kind of like Al, like me working on music. And that's, that's that's the most prominent area for me. Um, I, it's not as prominent issue for me now, because you know you're working on music. It's like everything everything in it's got to be right because it seems like if there's one note, I'm like this can't go out because I'm, it's going to annoy me. I got stuff out. I'm like, is it annoying me because it wasn't perfect? I know that one note. It may sound all right to everybody else. Everybody say, oh, that sounds good, but to me, it's like. It's not perfect. That's not what it, how it really supposed to be. And so as I get older, you know, gotten a little bit more like, all right, listen, uh, it's good. Just let it go. Just let it go. You got we're gonna relax, relate, release. Let it go and move on and do better. So therefore, uh, over a period of time, um, those things happen less, and you get more experience, and you know how to get the, the final product more to your liking without that feeling of like that it ain't perfect you know what i'm saying uh so it's again it takes a little time but for me it's more more so like in the music area working on music okay 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 on your craft you know yeah you're sensitive about your craft you know you want to be just right so (laughs) yeah okay okay pastor kl what we talking about something has to be just Right, or it will bring you a level of anxiety. How have you dealt with it, or how do you deal with it? Man, man, my brothers are on it, are on it. Uh, Ainsley, Ainsley definitely knows from being my musician when I was the choir director. <laughs> Pastor Steph definitely knows because I had a big outburst with the divas at her play. Man, listen, <sighs> if you hit the wrong note, I am losing my mind. <laughs> These folks want to be in choirs saying they can sing and singing in the key of Z. Oh, my God, I have no patience for that at all. And how I dealt with it, I stopped directing choirs. I don't got too old for that. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Now, I remember there was... um. There was this, and this happened, this is, oh my gosh, this happened back in like 1994. And there was some chick that said she could sing. So, and she kept saying it, kept saying she could sing, she could sing. I don't even know if you remember this, Pastor KL. She kept saying she could sing, she could sing, she could sing. And he had her on the phone, (laughs) and she was singing. (laughs) 
And I don't know what he was doing. You know, I couldn't see him because he was on the phone. I was on the phone. And he says to me, I thought she said she could sing. And I just <laughs> bust out laughing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Why do people go through this with him? Just don't even bother. Don't even bother. You hate for the opera. You know, then you just need to just quit it. Don't even bother with him. Don't even bother. Because unless you hit no notes like extra special, you can't sing to him. So, like, don't, don't even put yourself through it. Don't even put yourself through it. But it was hilarious because she was singing her heart out. She was singing her heart out. And it was like with a straight face. He just said, I thought she said she could sing, and I couldn't even I couldn't even compose myself. I just bust out laughing. I was like, mm, if they know what's best, no, I'll tell you. Don't don't even bother. Come sing to me. I'll let you know, if, and I'll tell him. Okay, you know what? Don't even bother. Don't even bother. All right, next. <laughs> and we have sat through some auditions. Oh my mm. gosh! It, it and mm, just. Mm, mm. With the two of them, with Ainsley and, and, and Kale, you just want to go make it. Because Ainsley would be giggling, and Kale would be making all kind of faces, and it was just horrible. It was just horrible. You don't want to sit through this stuff with them. Because like they said, it's their craft. So, But it's a, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But, boy, it would bring me anxiety because I, I don't know how I could keep myself together <laughs> with these two. With these two. So... Um, one of the other things that I saw here that I thought was interesting was negative thinkers. How do you deal with negative thinkers? I know for me, negative thinkers bring me a level of anxiety. I can't, I can't deal with negative thinking. What about you, Brother Al? How does that bring you anxiety? Does it bring you anxiety? And how have you dealt with it? No, it don't it don't um bring me anxiety. Um I hate it too as as, as a thing. What I what I started doing actually from the jump it just was happening. You th- you talk and you think negative, I was in I was in the wrong you had to go. I didn't care who you was, family member, son, mother, da- if you spoke negative, I couldn't be around you. And I remember I remember I remember when 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 um um I was going to buy my first house, me and my brother. Oh my God! And people, oh, you gonna get a house? Oh really? You know that's expensive. Now you gonna have a water bill? And I'm just looking at like they tell me all the negative things about getting a house. And at one time I doubted it. I told my brother, I said, man, I don't know. And I remember speaking to a good friend of mine, and he said, you know what? I'm listening to you, and all I hear is you giving reasons not to get a house. Not one time I heard you say anything that's beneficial why you should get a house. I'm like, wow, you know what, you're right. And I've been blessed, me and my brother blessed, we own two houses now. So I've learned to, if you let it, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> okay, okay. Got to go. Mm, brother Ainsley, negative thinkers. Does it bring you a level of anxiety? How, well, how have you dealt with it? Not really, because I don't, I don't allow it around me. People who negative thinking like that, and and my, my wife was she she's really good at it. she she pointed out put people right on check. She'd be like, listen, all the kind of negative talk, the result of the negative talk 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a negative result. So we got you got to end that right. She kind of dead it right from the get go. But generally, I don't mm-hmm. I don't try try to allow it in my space, you know, because you know I don't entertain it, you know, because it, it don't serve no purpose. I, I don't mind constructive criticism or something like that, but just straight out negative. Like what brother Al was saying, you know, you know, um, somebody was saying, you know, why get a house and stuff like that, because then maybe you're dealing with somebody who at the time didn't have a house, who can't appreciate what it is to go through it and what the benefits are, uh, and to be in that situation. So, you know, so it's good to be in like-minded company, you know, or at least avoid those, you know, who really can't share and whatever you're trying to do or, or, or appreciate the situation you're in, or probably give you some helpful info. But they, they've been there and done that. So I try to keep the negative thinkers, the negative thoughts, you know, out of, out of my out of my space. Man. You, get, you know, as you get older, you realize, you know, I could, you could smell the negative stuff from a distance. And you're like, nah, I ain't got it. I ain't on this person. Got, nah, I ain't, I ain't, this person don't need to be too close to me. Nah, mm-mm. yeah. Nah, I'm trying okay, to avoid, okay. avoid it in my space. Yeah. Okay. Uh, avoidance. All right, for the both of you. Pastor KL, what about the negative thinkers? I I kind of, um, I enjoy that smell, Angela. I, I, I enjoy it because that, that's, that, I, I mean, that, that smell, that's only, only because, listen, the smell is, is haters. You know what I mean? Those are haters. And, and, and the negatives and the haters, they motivate me to strive. The people who say you couldn't do it, or you know what I mean, or you shouldn't do it, or why I do that, I'm going to do it just to prove a point. I, I enjoy when, when the haters come around me and tell me what I cannot do and what I cannot achieve. I've achieved so many things in my life that people say I wouldn't be able to do. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, would point. You, point. it would take you to come from the left side, but, okay, makes sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Here's another thing that that people are listing as anxiety um, triggers: messy space, a messy, cluttered space. Brother Al. Oh wait, is Brother Al's mic on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here. Now you, you said okay. what? You said a, a cluttered space. Um, cluttered, messy space. Does that bother you? Does it bring you anxiety? And how do you deal with it? It, it, it bothers me. Don't bring me anxiety, but it bothers me. And I'll get fed up on going there and just start throwing everything away. My, my son used to do that when he was staying with me. I'm like, bro, why you got all this stuff piled right here? And then he jump off. Dad, I'm going to move it. Dad, I'm going to move it. I'm like, you need to move it now. It, it gets my nerves. So what, what I do, see, I'm, I'm one of the ones I go, I, I guess the, the kids will say I'll go overboard. Because I'm only going to tell you but a few times. So now that you didn't move it, you kept saying you're going to move it. So now I come in. Oh, it's still there. I go in the kitchen, get one of the big construction garbage bags, and start throwing everything in the garbage bag. Everything <laughs> going in the garbage bag. Now. Yeah, we must have in that bag right there. Now you got to this time to take it out of that bag going to the garbage. You got to win the Wednesday and garbage night. Wednesday garbage night. You got to win the Wednesday takeout night. So it, it don't give me anxiety, but no, it, it irritates me. It does irritate me. Okay. Okay. Well, 
Okay, okay. Pa- uh, Pastor. Brother Ainsley. A cluttered, messy space. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. No, I, my, 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 no, I can't deal with too clutter. I, I, I got to know where stuff is. Now, my stuff may seem like sometimes maybe disorganized, my, sometimes my workspace, depending on what I'm, I'm working on at the moment. But at least it's organized. Well, if I got to put my hand on something, uh, if I got to, I, I know I know where it is, and stuff like that. Because because um, that, that that I realize, you know, you know that brings out more. Now that will bring out more anxiety when you're trying to find something and you can't find it, simply because it's because of your organization. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I know I put it here. Where that? Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't you didn't organize, put it you're not organized enough to know where stuff is to put things in. So having that sense of organization now it might some things might not be the most neatest or uh, you know, but there should be some sense of organization because I realize you realize how much time is wasted looking for stuff because you wasn't organized. You know, and you look at Thomas Money, so your disorganization is costing you money. Put it that if, if looking in that terms, maybe you know, maybe change that. But um, there has to be some sense of organization, you know, in, in everything, not just space, but just in general in life. You have some organization because it's going to cost you, not being. Yep. Okay. Okay. Pass to KL. Yeah, I, 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 I am totally different. I, I get. <laughs> anxiety personified you know I mean you come to my house they call it the museum everything has to be in a certain place you know if if I see you in, 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 in this order I stay away from you because you, you, you have no idea what's going on you know even in, in, in a store aspect you know a lot of times the shoplifter will shoplift in a store that has no order because they figure you don't know what it looked like anyway. So how are you going to know what's missing? When you have it in order, you can notice, oh, man, I had this over here. Where is it? But when it's in this order, that, that, that is a haven for a shoplifter. And even in your house, if your house is disordered and somebody comes into your house and picks something up, now you're saying, oh, I thought I put this here, like Brother Angie said. You don't know where you put it. Now I put it in my pocket. Oh goodness Makes sense Makes sense Makes sense Here's one That I I came across And I thought Was really interesting And I definitely Want to hear about it Especially being that You know We are becoming You know More seasoned Individuals As we're about to Leave 2003 you know, we become in the the extra seasoned areas. The anxiety of major life transitions. How are we handling this, brother Al? Well, the transition in life. You got no choice because you're still living, so you got to deal with it. <laughs> but you know, um, it took a while for me to get where I'm at. I, I just don't. Worry, you know, I just like it's in God's hand, and you know, you do it. I think one of the rough things, one of the rough things for me, because I'm still, you know, trying to keep it. So, you know, I'm getting ready to be 57, and and of course, as you get older, you know, you can't do the things that you used to do, you know. But I try, 
<laughs> you know, and, and so I know, like, I played basketball all my life. I still play. So when I work at this program on Saturday, you know, I got the little young teenagers, the young men come, and sometimes I play ball with them. So now that I play ball with them, you know, I'm not as fast as I used to. I can't jump as high. You know, I still just shoot the ball. But the kids, they go to really try to take me down. Like, they, like, oh, man, you shouldn't be on the court. And I'm like, oh, really? So me, here I go with the ego. I play even harder. So now I didn't play hard, game good. I didn't play good. Okay, game over. I go home. For the next two days, I'm down. <laughs> man down. Man, man, man down for the next two days. And, and you know, I remember going home, going home, and Tamika's like, baby, you all right? I said, yeah, man, I was just playing about walking like, I'm walking like Fred Sanford. And I'm like, yeah, baby, I messed around, and the kids were talking junk, and I had to prove a point. But now, nah, at that point, I'm, you know, so I had to deal with that, like, wow, my body don't react like it used to when I played ball. Oh, God forbid, twist an ankle. Now, I was young, I twist my ankle, shoot, two, three days. I'm back and I'm good. I twist my ankle now, but well, that's at least three, four months. I'm out. <laughs> so you know, just to, <laughs> so, you know, so you know, just just the body, the body changing. On hey, I can't run hard like that no more. I can't do that. That that was kind of rough for me because my mind said, my mind said yes, but my body said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so so that, right. that was a hard thing. Uh, That's a hard thing for me right there. Yeah. Wow. So. That man, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, just trying to adjust to the new you. So it, 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 it's 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 interesting. It's interesting, brother Ainsley. You know, we're talking about the major life transitions. Um. You know what? What's that like? You know, some people can't handle it. And how do we handle it, you know, and keep it from bringing us a level of anxiety? Well, you think major life transition, man, as you get older, man, you know, you got to learn how to handle certain situations. You know, it's not like some, a lot of things are not new. It's just how you deal with it, you know. Um, you know, major life transition, like Brother Al said, you know, physically, body-wise, yeah, I, I, I definitely can relate because physically, I realize, listen, something I just cannot do anymore, you know. Um, like back in the day, I used to, you know, carry a whole lot of equipment around and, and stuff like this, you know, got a gig here and there. My body can't do that no more. <laughs> I just ain't, can't do it, won't do it. I can't do it, won't do it no more. Uh, and you just got to realize that, you know, um, it's time for, in, in that arena, it's time for the young guys to come through and, and move on. Um, you know, um, and like other transitions, like for me as far as like work, um, you know, I, I left my job after many years now, uh, retired, left early, and to, to pursue more of what I want to do. And, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a bigger step. But, you know, um, Again, preparation, being a little more organized, and trusting God that you know things going to things going to is going to work out because He never left me, and you know standing on that you know I'm doing the right thing, so um, it gives comfort, you know what I'm saying. So um, and also having good people around helps, okay. helps, helps with the major transition. Not being alone, um, that definitely helps. You know, like coming here on Fridays doing it. Um, 
doing a, doing a, doing this show with your guys. You know? <laughs> well, thank you. It lessens your anxiety. Very nice. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Brother Ainsley. Thank you very much. Uh, having you on lessens my anxiety because then I don't have to deal with Pastor K all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a shot? Was that a shot? Wow. We know what you're doing today. (laughs) Pastor KL, we're talking about the major transitions in life. How are we handling it to keep it from bringing us a level of anxiety? Well, I I thought we were good friends, but now the transition (laughs) in life has caused me anxiety right now. (laughs) I, 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 I don't know about you, but I'm starting to sweat. Oh my goodness gracious! I'm sure I am the least of your worries. That ain't no major transition. Well, you know what? The other thing, I mean, I've heard everybody say what they had to say, but you know, major transitions in your life also is when your loved ones transition. Mm-hmm. You know, where 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 you've had to depend on them, or you depending on each other, or you've seen each other all the time, and. And now you hear, if I could just have one more conversation with Deborah, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, that, that's, that's a hard transition by itself when, when, when you're used to something, you know, or, or even when your loved one lives with you. And now when you go to that bedroom and he or she is not there, that, that's a transition within itself that's kind of hard to deal with. You know, and, and you know, as, as Ainsley says in, in, at the end, you know, having God in your life, that's the only thing that's going to soothe that pain. You know, I, I, I don't care if you close the door. I don't care if you throw away her clothes. I, 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 don't, I don't care about that stuff. The memories is always going to be there, you know, and only God can help you get through it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's... I'm definitely yeah. a witness to that. I did, yeah, it, it is. It is definitely something that... You know, that, that is a major transition. And, you know, it, it's almost like you know someone's going to leave. You you know if nature takes its normal course, you know, someone is, is not going to be here with you. And it's when the reality hits, it's like, oh, well, you knew this was going to happen, so why are you, like, twisted? And I, 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 I it's, it's, it's a real... You have to, that the only thing you can do is hold on to God. The only thing you could do is let God have his way. The only thing you could do is give it to God and let God do the healing. I was I was listening. One of the things that my mother and I used to do is we would just sit and just listen to some jazz music, whether it was just in the house, whether she and I would go out to a, a jazz show, you know, we were concert buffs, so we would we would constantly go out um, t- together. And I was sitting in the room, and there was a song playing. And all I could do, she had never heard this song before because it's a more it's a new song. And all I could do at a certain part of this song was think about her. And I was like, this is Ernie right here. This is this is this is a part of the song that Ernie would have liked. And it was so fresh, like she had just passed away yesterday. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how did how do you feel like that, like, 
you know, a year and a half later? How do you, you know, get through that? And it took so much for me to kind of get out of that zone into back into a work zone. Those because it it took. It took me down a whole road of just remembering all the things that we used to do, just remembering some of the things she used to say, laughing, crying, you know. So it, it's it's an adjustment, and you know that is one of the major transitions, like you said, Pastor Kale. Just people transitioning, you know. There's they're just not here anymore. I I never really used that word, you know. Somebody transitioned or whatever. That that's not my personal terminology. Um, but, you know, that's what people say. So, you know, it, it is an adjustment. It is something, and like you said, the only thing that you can do is hold on to God. And I, I try my best to to try to figure out how do people live and function and manage without knowing the Lord. Because I say to myself, if it's so difficult when you know the Lord, how in the world do people do it when they don't know the Lord? So here's what we're going to do today. You know how I like to do every once in a while. I want to encourage just that part right there, you know, just anxiety and and, and, and just knowing the Lord and, and how it can make a difference. What are we? How are we leaving our listeners today, Brother Al? What do we say? Speak directly to them. Okay, to the listeners, how you function is um, we're having God in your life, knowing that, first of all, knowing of having a relationship with him. Once you know him and have that relationship with him, he will take care of everything, you know. Um, things that helped me was just knowing that God was going to soothe my heart. He's going to take that sorrow away from me, knowing that there's a better place that my people were going to, you know. So having him in your life, you know, it gives you that comfort. You know, you, you get comfortability. Like, okay, everything's going to be right. Yeah, I miss this person. Yeah, it's rough. But you know what? Joy is going to come in the morning. So that's why I would say that. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brother Al. Uh, Brother Ainsley, we're talking about, you know, what are we, you know, what are we leaving our listeners with today in regards to how we deal with the levels of anxiety. It doesn't have to be in one area or the other, but, you know, what do you want to say to encourage them today? All right. What I could say is, you know, this is saying we all say commonly, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And in a nutshell, God is truly good no matter what. Now, even when our situations might not seem good, it's challenging. We're going through different things in life, health situations, people transitioning, or I say people dying, our loved ones passing it on. It's a hard thing. It's really a hard thing. But no matter what, God is still good, and he's still good all the time. He is there no matter what we are going through. And he gives a, a measure of comfort. And oftentimes things we got to go through, God will allow it. It may not feel good, but sometimes he allows things to happen for a reason. And it's, for, and, it's, and it's for a reason. His reason is for a good reason. And so we get a lot of comfort. So, again, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And I would just encourage anybody who really don't understand that or know that, 
try try to understand that concept. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Because when we we go into a situation, we want to know that we have some kind of comfort, or we, or, or we want to know why did this happen. Well, there's a reason, and and understanding God in your life, you understand there's a there's a purpose. There's a purpose for a reason for everything. So God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Ainsley, for your words yeah, of guidance yeah. and encouragement. Pastor KL, what are we talking about today? Talk directly to our listeners and tell them about anxiety and how, you know, we should deal with anxiety. You know, just piggybacking off of Brother Ainsley, you know, life is lifey. If you understand, there's going to be things that, that come up in your life that you had not planned it to, to happen. You know, there's going to be things that all of a sudden happens as, as they say, people will transition. You know, the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died, then did I see the Lord. Sometimes things have to happen in your life. There has to be an emergency case in your life. Someone has to die out of your life so that you can trust God. You know, God sometimes has to get your attention. You've been riding on grandmama and mamas and daddy's anointing all your life, and you never knew me for yourself. You only knew me for, for what mama and daddy said. So sometimes there has to be a storm. Seemingly, it looks like there's a storm. But, but God has all of the control. But, but, but because it looks like you're about to fall out, it looks like you're about to die, it looks like you can't take it anymore, he puts you at a place where all you can do is say, Jesus. All you can do is say, they say demons tremble just at the name of Jesus. So, so God puts you in a place so that you can understand, listen, I, I got your back, but I need you to call on me. I got your back, but I can do things mama couldn't do. I got your back, but I could do things grandmama couldn't do. It was because of me that mama and grandmama did it. Now I need you to know who I am. So count it not strange that these things are happening to you. I'm trying to get you to the next level, but you have to call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Kale. Thank you so much, Brother Al, Brother Ainsley, and Pastor Kale, for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed weekend. Uh, you too. You too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. Mm, what words of encouragement from our brothers this morning. Uh, I'm going to give the benediction and my and my word at the same time my closing Philippians 4 6 and 7 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's comforting to me. It speaks to me heavily because we talk about the things that make us anxious. We talk about things that disturb us, we talk about things that 
upset us and throw us and, you know, how we have gotten over those mountains where we thought at one point, you know, we would never be able to get over something or we would never be able to conquer this particular thing. And it's wonderful to know that all we have to do is go to God in prayer. All we have to do is let our requests be made known to God and the peace of God. And it kind of touches on what Brother Ainsley was saying. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. There is nothing that you will ever take to the Lord that God can't deal with, won't deal with, is too much for him to deal with. If that's not comforting in and of itself, then I don't know what is. And it goes with what I said a few minutes ago. You know, I think about, you know, okay, so when I gave my life to the Lord at this this time of my life, you know, I was hopeless before I gave my life to the Lord. And over the years, I've learned how to trust God more and more. I've learned how to give it to God more and more. I've learned how to, you know, just stop taking on everything and let God handle it. And it's a learned behavior. It is not something you do overnight. It is not something you do at the drop of a dime. It is not something you do in the blink of an eye. It is something, it is a learned behavior. Each time you you get into a zone, you have to turn it over to the Lord. You have to turn it over to the Lord. And when you do that, the peace of God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And the gentlemen have said it. You don't even know why you're peaceful anymore. You don't even know why this wave of peace comes over your over your life. You don't know why there's just this 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 uh, cloud that just gets removed, and you can breathe differently. You can think of things and on things differently. It doesn't disturb you as much. And that's why I wanted to talk today about how have we combat these things. When you say to people, you know, listen, you have to learn to trust God. You got to learn to give it to God. That ain't something that is going to happen overnight, that they're going to be able to just do today and walk off and say, oh, you know what, I feel so much better especially if nothing else is connected to God. Ooh. So you have this this issue, this anger issue, and everything makes you angry. So you as a child of God who knows what it's about to be angry, and now that you've given it to God, now you know how to tell someone else, if you give it to God, he'll deal with that anger. There'll be peace. You won't even understand why you'll be peaceful, but there'll be peace. Well, they're not going to know that peace because if the other part of their life is in stir, if the other part of their life, they have not given it to the Lord, then they're not going to know what peace feels like. They're not going to know because every time... They, 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 if you give this, but yet you find yourself back in another thing that excites you, that uh, annoys you, that gives you anxiety, 
you're just going to feel that all over again because you have to give your life to the Lord. And that's why, you know, I, I asked at one point, how do you tell people about God? What do you say to people to encourage them about God? Because you just can't tell people, well, your life going to be better. Because that's not how it works. You've got to give your life to God so that he can give you the peace that you need. Because we always find ourselves in some anxiety issue or moment. But it is not until we turn it and give it to God that we're like, okay, I feel better now. It is not the way it goes. So we have to be very careful when we call ourselves giving it to God. Because if we don't give our life to the Lord, you know, it's like you've got one foot on a banana peel and one foot on solid ground. As soon as you move your foot that's on the banana the banana peel, you you out. You're going to fall. You're going to slip and you're going to fall. And as Brother Al said, we can't afford to be falling these days and times because we end up in a real bad state if we break an ankle. It doesn't take five minutes like when you were 12 and 20 as when you're in your 50s. That's life. You don't recover so quickly. So we encourage you today to give your life to God. Don't just give him one situation. Give him your life. And it it's not easy. We're not going to tell you it's easy. But what we will tell you is God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. He'll never let you down. He's going to give you that peace that you need. When the world is in chaos, you will find peace. When your family is cutting up, you will find peace. When the job is not going well, you will find peace. When your neighbors are cutting up, you will find peace. When your spouse is acting up, you will find peace. And there are those who say, how are you going to find peace at all? Trust me, the peace that's beyond all of our understanding, it surpasses all of our understanding. And I promise you, I have been in, I mean, such situations in my life. And someone said, I, you just bounced around here like nothing was going on. My mother used to say that all the time. She said, Stephanie, ain't such and such a thing going on? Yeah. Well, you ain't worried about it. Well, what am I worried about it for? I can't do nothing about it. So give it to God, and I promise you, he will not leave you nor forsake you. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew, our gentlemen, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity.
to just strengthen your relationship in the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us until Monday, God spares, where we will be shaking the Monday morning blues. Until then, I love you. <laughs>